Well, good morning. Uh, if you can move in, if there's some seats by you, uh, may, may make a couple available, that'd be great. Uh, I know people are looking for some seats. There's always front row seats. I mean, I'm just, this is the brave crowd, right? This is the energized, brave crowd. All right, well, I, I uh, wasn't going to say, I said this in the first service, and it wasn't something I planned, but uh, I was with a bunch of pastors in, uh, I suffered for you this week in Fort Lauderdale with a bunch of pastors. <laughs> you're welcome, you're welcome. Uh, in all seriousness, uh, man, it's great to gather and just talk about church and, and what God's doing. And I love to talk about you. We have a great church. God has been so good to community church over its years. And what a blessing to do that. And I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm feeling moved to do this this morning. But, I mean, Sylvia grew up in our high school, in our middle school ministry. Uh, and she's leading us. That, that's a huge uh, gift to us, isn't it? And as God is... That's just a great thing. And you know, it doesn't end with Sylvia. There's so many others that have grown up at community church and God has used and shaped. And that's a great blessing of watching God do something through us. And so I just want to affirm you in that. The ushers are going to come forward. And ushers, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about first fruits, but let's just, you don't need the launch prayer, right? So like you come up and you guys are so orderly. I'm just going to have you begin. Is that okay? We don't have to pray for it. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this for a moment. Uh, around here, one of the things that you just need to know when we do offering, uh, it is not about getting money. Uh, what it, the, world, the rest of the world wants your money. The church is the safest place to talk about it because really God said, and Jesus was clear, hey, don't be ruled by that and recognize that I'm the giver of all those things. Here, around here, we love this part of our service of giving because it's an expression of our love for Christ. And I think sometimes we, we go through our services and we can go through this pretty quick, but I want you to hear this is an expression of those who are say, God, you have been the great provider. You have been the one that's given that to us. And so we're, we're just so grateful. Now, um, we are in this, uh, I want you to know, in about three weeks, we're going to hit March 22nd. And so we've been in this ripple prayer, 42 days of prayer. And I'm going to encourage you to begin to pray. Community church is going somewhere. It has for 48 years. It has done amazing things in this community, and God has allowed us to have great impact. And even as you see these red X's all over, next week we're going to talk about red X stories. And these are moments that God has done something in a life. And so every week we've had someone come up here to talk about Ripple. The Ripple initiative that we're doing here at our church kind of the next season, a vision of what we see God doing. But can I tell you, I want to make sure you hear this. It's a big plan. There's, it's a lot of money, but we hate debt around here, right? We don't like debt. Now, a pastor um, in Chicago, a friend of mine, said that he talks about this and says, we hate, he goes, I want you to hate debt. I want you to hate debt. I want you to hate debt like you hate the Green Bay Packers. This is what he actually tells his church. So I'm committed to say, I want you to hate debt, hate debt, like you hate the Chicago Bears, right? 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 
And he, that's now on record and recorded, and so that's for his viewing pleasure. There you go. Um, that's the exciting part of vision. When we get vision from God, it typically never has all the provision to it. It says God wants you to journey in faith. And what we love around here is that we're not going to extend ourselves beyond what God provides. But I want you to do a... Now, 8.15 was okay. I don't think they were totally awake. I'm not sure if they had quiet times this morning. I know you have. All right? So will you give a crazy welcome to Dan Quirum? There you go. There you go. Easy. Thanks, Troy. Thanks, Troy. Um, wow. And what about the guy that kind of, I know he's uh, pretty humble, but the guy that leads us, that keeps us going, I mean, the Murphys, that whole group, thank you, you guys, for what you're doing for us. Um, so, yeah, um, my name's Dan Quirum. My wife, Tammy, and I have been blessed to be part of the leadership group in the uh, Ripple campaign. So I'm up here to kind of talk to you about a passion that I have and that, that both of us have. But before I do that, I want to bring out a thought that kind of has been driving us in this Ripple campaign. And it, it says that if, if we think of Ripple and, and our passion for what Ripple does as um, helping us helping people express what they value through giving. So if we value something in Ripple, what that statement says is then we should reciprocate and, and do some kind of giving. So um, when, when we were first introduced to the Ripple campaign, the thing that really brought our attention and, and kept us focused was it was always about community. It wasn't about just what we're doing for this church body. It was always taking this church body and going out and serving the community and touching the community in different ways. Um, I'm blessed as being a substitute teacher in the Howard Suamico School District, and what that does for me is it allows me to meet a lot of people, work with a lot of different kids, be in a lot of different schools, and, and I'll tell you right now, it's amazing the amount of Christ followers that are in these schools working with kids and making a difference with kids. And yeah, thank you, thank you. And, and part of that has allowed me a flexibility to do a lot of volunteering. And, and I've volunteered, I've, my, my volunteer efforts have, have been through Green Bay Community Church because there's so many opportunities. The iConnect program, we have people in here that are involved in that. We have, I saw D out here who's been very instrumental in helping that program start and get going. Uh, we have volunteers. I help out with the uh, student impact ministry and all those are partnered with our school district, which is awesome. And I'm also fortunate that I help out with high school and middle school um, ministry. But I'm, I'm not here to say all the cool stuff that I did. What I'm, I'm here to talk to you about is now with Ripple, all of us can be a part of being with different programs in the church and making a difference. Um, being part of Ripple has challenged my faith to grow, to pray about it. Like Troy said, it's a big project. It's a lot of money. It's scary. But it's through the Holy Spirit and through the direction of the Holy Spirit, that's how this is all going to happen. But we need to be in prayer and be thinking about it. And I'm also kind of inspired, well, for sure I'm inspired by the people before us, all the different churches and, you know, when this building was built. I wasn't around when this happened, but, man, that had to be a big leap of faith there to do that. And like Troy said, to not have a debt, to do this debt-free, that's, that's pretty incredible. So that's, that's an incredible vision. Um, so 
again, my passion is teaching. My passion is working with kids and the way that the ripple effect or the, the ripple initiative helps with that is important to me. But I'm going to um, suggest to you guys, if you don't know everything about the ripple um, initiative and you want to learn more and you have a passion in this, in this church, um, explore the Green Bay Community website. Select the uh, Ripple Initiative. Join the 42 Days of Prayer. Um, I was reviewing that as I was preparing to talk to you guys, and it seemed that each day is addressing a different opportunity that Green Bay Community Church works at to affect the community. So you can go back in the archives and find something you're interested in and see how the Ripple Effect will help that. Um, we also have an informational meeting, March 19th. Rumor has it there'll be snacks and even some coffee there. Um, I'm going to be out at the kiosk. I love that word, kiosk. Uh, after um, the service today, come talk to me about uh, the Ripple campaign. And I go back to what this, this statement, this visioning statement that's kind of helping us says that, you know, this is a campaign for helping people express what they value through giving. So I'm going to close today. I go back to day nine in the 42-day prayer challenge. This one was about iConnect. Again, something that's, that's, uh, that's important to me right now and important to a number of people out in the, the audience. And it goes, uh, there was a verse with that. It's Deuteronomy 4.9. And it says, only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Please pray with me. Lord, as I stand up here and talk about Ripple, I want you to be in the hearts of people in this congregation, to the people that they meet and the people they talk with. Help them see a vision, be inspired, and make a difference. In your son's name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Hey, let's thank Dan. Thanks, Dan, for sharing. Okay, so, before we start, before we start, I have this disagreement. That's not the plan we have on this paper. Okay, I have right this now. disagreement that I want to settle right now, okay? But you lost the first service. Can you first confess that? Okay, kind of. Okay. I think we both won. Um, that's how I like to look at it. Okay, so if you're born in Hawaii, are you Hawaiian or not? Yes? Are you Hawaiian? How many of you say, stop it. How many of you say, no, you are not Hawaiian? Thank you. Okay, could you put that picture up, please? There we go. He thinks he's Hawaiian because he was born in Hawaii. And when we see, when we see people that truly are Hawaiian. Those are my island people. I that's know. what he says. My people. Anyway, it's his birthday today. The description. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you had to pull I out say a new today, I you did. Lost. <laughs> I so at the first service, I asked if you are a leap year baby. Do you celebrate on February 28th or March 1st? How many February 28th? How many March 1st? Thank you. See, I had more hands. How about both? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. yes. Usually it's a week-long festival. It's a week-long festival yes, that we have. It is. Yeah, it for is. sure. Anyway, okay. Well, thanks for wishing him a happy birthday today with me.
Well, we uh, for two weeks have talked about uh, marriage and one of the conversations, not just Trish and I had, but even our, our teaching group and just talking about what we've been bringing. You know, we want to make sure, uh, we've, we've, we've painted the picture that marriage is hard. So maybe we've scared some of you singles away of thinking, no way, Troy and Trisha said too much work, I'm not doing it. Um, we'd like to, to talk about, there's a great blessing and delight of marriage, but we're going to do that a little bit differently. And so obviously we, we, we come in with context and we know that garden story in Genesis that God says he, he creates man and he says um, it's not good for man to be alone. He, he creates woman and so he takes a rib from man and then he says this beautiful mystery. He says now two shall become one. It's like they should get back together and be connected and we don't get a lot of instruction uh, but what we do know in Genesis chapter 3 we get shattered both of these parts both of these this male and female get shattered with sin and they're broken and so it'd be like now the effort in our world today is to to come together in the midst of our brokenness and and that's where we said even this song this song that we talked about broken together um, the, one of the lines, it's going to take much more than promises this time. Only God can change our minds. We, we talk about what we battle in culture, in perception about what marriage is about. And so when I say that, maybe one of the, the questions we talked about is, why should we get married then? This is a lot of work. Again, Genesis 2.18 tells us it's not good. God says it's not good for you to be alone. You've been designed to have relationships. I want to talk about that, though, in the, in the context of that illustration, because it's still a crazy commitment. What was the illustration about the, the commitment? Oh, the lady, yes. Yeah, she said, um, you would never sign a contract for a lifetime job. I mean, nobody does a lifetime job and then signs a contract for that. Or for buying a car, you would never sign a lifetime contract that you would only drive that one car your whole life. Yeah. So it's, marriage is very unique. Yeah, and, and you're in, and yet our culture wants to say, well, let's, let's just live together and not make a commitment. You know, we're still connected. Uh, I said this at the end of last service, I'll say it in the beginning of this one. Marriage is not something you do. It's a covenant that you enter into. It's a gifted covenant that, that God says, I'm I'm giving this to you and you enter into it. And so anything, any other distorted picture in our world that says what marriage is and isn't, isn't marriage. Marriage is a covenant between a man and woman and it is that bond that God has created and that's this whole two will become one um, and together. And so God creates, uh, again, man and woman and says, or he says man and then he says it's not good for man to be alone. You've been designed to have relational connection and, and so, I mean, I know we, that's our probably biggest part of our work is staying connected, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. But I think sometimes we um, look at it as just like you had said, just a connection that the world thought up. But really, it's actually, I think we talked about this last week, it being such a beautiful picture of the Trinity. The da- remember the dance of the Trinity? And that marriage, even though it's difficult for us, um, it is a beautiful picture of not only the Trinity, but also God's love for the church. And so when you know that, 
it's like, okay, this is way bigger than us just deciding that, hey, I kind of like you and you kind of like me. Let's, I was going to say hook up. <laughs> Let's hook up. Now we spent PG-13. All right. <laughs> um, so it's, it is by God's design. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, wouldn't Wait. we say, oh, to put cream in yeah, there. you sure? Yeah. Okay. I always leave enough room. Yeah, but I don't have a spoon. Okay, good. That's good. All right. It has to be right. the right color, light right. brown. Okay. To help kind of I paint this picture. I drink coffee with my creamer. What's okay, that? go ahead. Sorry. I'm Any other things you want to say? Nope, I'm done now. <laughs> I drink my coffee. <laughs> I love her. Um, I, uh, I, we needed to have something to ex illustrate a little bit of this dynamic that when God created man and woman in this idea of what our needs are because I think we read in one of the books we were reading is just about this it's the soul's desire to have connection uh, there are two basic needs all humans need in this earth and that is uh, relationships and impact there's a desire that we all our lives mean something and so the way this looks if we could go to uh, the first circle guys that would be great um, so this, this first circle illustrates God creates man and woman with an inner need. It's an inner spiritual need. And that can only be answered by God. Now, just quickly on this, the world will try to do everything it can in, its, in the physical world to try to answer that reality. And this is the story we all have in this room. If you've found God, if, if God uh, has invaded your life with Christ that there's that inner spiritual need that gets met. Uh, the, the challenge comes in now, though, we're not just spiritual beings. We are also physical beings. Thus, now we've been created with a physical reality in this, in this world and earth and to connect. Now, I want to caution here because I have met people that said, I just need a relationship with God and nothing else. And that's not true. That's not how you've been designed. In fact, God said to Adam, it's not good to be alone. I'd not design you for that. And so he says, no, there is a need relationally this way. Do you realize most of the Bible's traits or characteristics, uh, spiritual gifts given, fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, are not gifts for you. They're not gifts for you to all of a sudden enjoy. They're so that as God transforms me, and love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, Trisha gets to experience the fruit of that. It's relationship. And so our church uh, has for years talked about relationship, but I think this is important. Also, you can't use relationships to fill your need for God. And I think many people do that too. Even with, as Christians, they think if they find the right godly spouse, you know, that will answer their, the, the God space in their life. And that's where it's, an, it's a unique dynamic that you have a spiritual need, but you have a physical need too, and it's a relational need that you need in this earth. Now, any comments there? No? Well, well I, when, I, when you're talking about that, I think about how even now being married, how there's times when I'm hoping Troy will fulfill my deepest need that only God can fill that. Do you know what I mean? And so when I look 
only to Troy. That's demanding. It's something he cannot do, actually. And I really believe that... That's one thing I can't do. Right. right. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> um, but I think that, that God, when God does fill that, yeah. I'm more at peace. I bring something into our marriage that's different. It's, it's not the same uh, dynamics, I think, for us. So many couples that, that will counsel or I'll speak to even before they get married, there is a very uh, low investment in this inner soul part. And so there's, there's no nurturing of their faith. Can you see the problem that's going to start to stir? Their marriage becomes God. Their, their marriage becomes the thing they're trying to meet an inner spiritual need. And it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is Trish and I are both broken. I noticed how she left more pieces on my side than her. She only I has three. I actually was going to say something about that. Yeah. that I thought, eh, That's all right. They already know. So <laughs> they do. They do. Why point right. out the obvious, right? Um, so I want to break out this outer relationship, though, because relationally, when you look at Scripture, how we relate now with the world and other people really breaks down in there are basic three kind of understandings uh, of love in Scripture, both in the Old Testament and the New. Now, uh, there are three Hebrew words and there are three Greek words. Interesting enough, uh, in the New Testament, the word for a sexual affection, eros, is actually not used in the New Testament. I didn't know that. That was like a new learning in this one. Uh, Interesting enough, one of the commentators said, well, because... Christ's teaching in most of the New Testament is more emphasizing the more intimate parts of love. So let me explain. First is agape. It's, it's a base level of love, but agape is very interesting. Um, it means caring or godly concern for someone, even for somebody you don't know. And the word that gets attached to this is charity. So now... Our world can do a little bit of this because they've been designed by God. They may not have a relationship with God and felt that need, but they've been built that way. And so God builds in us relationally to long to, to, to be charitable and connected to people that way. That was a really interesting picture. So we do have a lot of people that don't know God that are very charitable and have this agape love. The next level, though, is phileo, and that's really more of a brotherly love. In fact, I've been reading through the Old Testament and I think I shared with you the other day, I said, man, that line where David says of Jonathan, when Jonathan dies, it says that the love he had for Jonathan was greater than of a woman. And it's not a sexual love. It was a deep, tender brotherhood. That was an amazing picture. That was one of those you put your Bible down and like, wow. And, and so... Why do you think they felt that? I mean, oh, they were they, so, they were connected. It was, as we're going to talk about a little bit. Right. I think they shared things about really deep things, yes. what they were feeling and experiencing. And I think you have those relationships with yes. men in our church that yes. really feed into you and you also share openly. And I think with um, vulnerability. Yeah. And I would say I have girlfriends that are that way, that I share things with, that I know I can share. And so it's, it is a different yes. um, connection. And, and that's a great point. We had 176 men um, on the men's weekend here. And, you know, one of the things that Joe and Steve talked about was uh, that we need each other. And I want you to see something here relationally. And so this should help some of you single people. Um, you're looking for a spouse. 
God has built you in such a way that you can experience great intimacy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're saying, obviously, without the sexual part of it, um, and, and find great connection and fulfill that part mm-hmm. with same sex and opposite sex. Mm-hmm. And, and there is, a, a, God's created us that way. Now, what's the problem here? Our world has said, oh, let's go to Eros right away. And everything we watch, is it true? Is encouraging, that's the first step. The problem is the Eros love, which being a sexual love, is the expression of the intimacy from the first two. Mm-hmm. So you can see how backwards it is. And so we, I know some of you have lived together and uh, had sex before marriage. You gotta know that you're, you are you are distorting the picture and the covenant of what God says marriage is. That expression is only left for a man and woman in the context of a marriage covenant. That means I've promised, I've signed the job contract for life, right? And now that is the blessing. But can I say again, but that's not needed to meet relational need in our lives. Very interesting. So I think with that, um, that gives us some context for as we're going to talk about how do we then build relationships in marriage? How do we deepen the intimacy level? And so, um, I'm sorry, this won't be a sex talk. Um, some of you are really disappointed about that. Um, that was the uncomfortable laugh right there that I could <laughs> hear all of you. Uh, I first want to talk about what pushes us apart. So I think that before we dive into what will pull us together, what pushes us apart? So um, I want to use an illustration that uh, those boys that have attempted to date my daughters um, <laughs> will, uh, will often get this riddle, okay? It's not even a riddle. It's funny. It's a question that they, <laughs> they seem to be like stumbling over themselves. Usually somewhere in the, before you date my daughter, I'm going to take you out for a burrito or a coffee. I'll ask the question, what's your physical intentions with my daughter? That's always a great question to some young high school boy. That's why no one dates our girls. Yeah. (laughs) They're scared to death. I just want to know. Let's just be honest and real and vulnerable. What's your real intention? So I usually say this, and before they can answer, because they're really not rushing to that answer, I say... Let's imagine there's a can of gas, and I light a match and tell you, how close can you walk to the gas can? How close will you get to it? And they're like, and they don't even know. I mean, so the closer I get to this, how many are feeling nervous right now? Anybody feeling nervous? Trisha wrecked this illustration the first service I want to make known. She goes, oh, don't worry, there's no gas in it. I'm like, what are you doing? I thought they would fear for my life, and so... Why am I saying that? Uh, There are things in our marriages that culture says is okay, but it's not how close can you get to it. And I think we flirt with the line about how close we can get to stuff. Friends, it's an explosion waiting to happen in your marriage. So I, I want to give you a couple of these um, to give you a picture. First, um, these will push you apart. First and foremost, um, any energy, 
any energy sexually that you are putting into anything or anyone else apart from your marriage spouse will, will eventually blow up. And so this means, it can mean an emotional relationship that you feel like you're getting something more from someone else at work or in the neighborhood. Friends, that is, we don't fall into affairs sexually. We don't fall into those. I, am, I, I have never heard the story of, I don't know, you know, there we were all of a sudden in the hotel room and it just happened. Well, well you, if you look at the story about David, he took steps away from innocence. And, and, and we all know that, don't we? We all know the steps we take, just a little bit closer, just a little bit closer, and we, we do that, we move toward it. Some of you are putting energy, and it's starting out emotionally, and friends, that is, albeit not physical yet, you're moving towards that. It's the gateway. Anything. That can mean what you watch. We, had, we were going to start a series, and we watched a couple episodes, and... I mean, and Trisha started it, but just, it was more of, no, she didn't start the series. It wasn't her fault. <laughs> no, I'm saying in the conversation of, we probably shouldn't watch this. And I go, yeah, yeah I think you're right. Uh, because we're watching stuff, you guys, today that looks at that circle and says, oh, come on. J don't commit. Just, just go be like the animals of the earth and live out your urge. That really is, that's what that is. Because it's definitely not an expression of a biblical intimacy. It's, it's an expression of meeting a need. And so what, we, we, what we've been talking about is what will push you away is taking in anything that's, that's an energy that's not put this way. And so friends, even as a, a pastor, I have two elders right now that I want them, they're asking me specific questions. Because I want to make sure I'm guarding. There's a Bible verse that says, guard your hearts with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Um, there's another one that says, guard your eyes. Uh, guys especially, we're built and wired uh, to respond more physically, sexually, and the whole world is marketing uh, because of that, that, that vulnerability that we have. Mm -hmm. Now, in the context of marriage, that's, that, that is free, and God gives us tons of freedom there. You've got to be cautious of that. So that's one. Um, the next one is secrets. And th this was an interesting one because this is more of ho holding on to you. And you said some stuff about this. Do you want to dive back in? Uh, yes. Because you had a I'm bunch of secrets. Just... Yeah. <laughs> no, that I'm I have the secrets? Yeah. I'm teasing. Um, I think some of it is just as simple as um, when we say secrets, it could be a big secret that you're holding on to. It could be even um, stuff you're struggling with that you don't want to admit. It could be maybe a sin in your life that um, you're just struggling to get through, to get past, to whatever it might be. It may not even involve your spouse. But for me, I feel um, probably both pride and maybe shame. And it might be those two things that keep yeah. me from sharing that with Troy. Um, I wouldn't want him to use it against me. And so I'd rather keep that a secret. And yet that... Like Troy is saying, um, it takes me away from Troy, connecting with him, um, emotionally connecting with you. So yeah. when I know I've kept that from you, I don't feel connected to you. So I, yeah. that's definitely one of the And areas. any secret, it could be, I remember I've, uh, over the years of marriage, I've purchased something and I thought, should I hide this? 
Um, and I How know many people have hid purchases? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Are you sitting next to your spouse right now? <laughs> <laughs> now, Confession. I know I, I'm not like, this is not a shaming thing, but can I say that's a step away. When you begin that practice, it says something about the intimacy level uh, of your relationship. I could already see conversations happening with people. <laughs> You're hiding stuff from me? You're dead. Um, I think, too, you start to, I, I think it's, honestly, I think it's the evil one that, that tells us it's okay to have this part of my life that he doesn't need to know about. And that is just not yeah. true. I think that you can start to believe and tell yourself, well, I deserve this. This, right. is, this is something I need. And, you know, he should understand that. So, but we still know. I think even the fact that we admit it's a secret, to me, I already know I should be sharing it with you, that that's it. Right. So anyway, go ahead. You know what? And two, to your point, marriage is not about independence mm -mm. at all. In fact, it models the image of God and the, and the, the, the really connectedness of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. It models dependence. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, secrets are a mm -hmm. step of independence that's super dangerous. It's the match that's about to just blow up mm -hmm. uh, in your relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, another one is sidetracked. Um, you have some passion yeah. for this one too. I do have, this is my soapbox. Um. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, yes. If you could just, oh my gosh. Um, technology to me is, I think, probably one of the biggest things we struggle with. Um, and that could be, well, this is from the devil, I swear. <laughs> this does not help. Yes, thank you. <laughs> In the context of marriage, so I'm just going to say this with seriousness, because I'm as guilty as Troy is. We're having a conversation. It's whether it's you know just sharing our feelings or really having a conversation or fight, whatever you want to call it. And I hear the buzz. Maybe I don't even have the ringer on here. Vibrate on the tail. I'm like, oh, oh, it's Lauren, our oldest daughter who lives in California. Hang on a second. Oh my gosh, she sent pictures. Hold on. Oh my goodness. And when Look you did that, that, that I was broken. I was hurt. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> And here's what it does to us. It completely disconnects yeah. the conversation. And you may be in it. Remember last week we talked about how easy it is to be either passive or dominant. And then it's such a work to come to the middle. And a lot of times I think not only is it just a happenstance that it buzzes or rings or whatever it might be and it takes you off course and it's hard to get back to that, sometimes I think we look for that distraction so that we don't have to talk about those That's things. That's a good point. And so I am just as guilty as Troy is. And I mean, some of our biggest disagreements, I'll say, we won't say fights, but... Because fights are them, a really bad word for I know, some people. I don't know. I just, it, for us, it takes us away yeah. from each other. And the, yeah. when, when you want to be known and you want somebody to ha be, have an intimate relationship with you, you have to work at it. Yeah. And so to have those distractions, to me, are especially that, 
turn it off, put it away, set it aside, and concentrate on what you're talking about. It's so important. Okay. So in Africa, one of the first times I went, I was walking with uh, a bunch of uh, Africans down one of the, the slum streets, and one of them grabbed my hand. As, as we're you were talking. As we're talking. Yeah. But one of them grabbed my hand, and it was odd. I, and I'm looking to some of the people that were with us from America like, okay, what's going on right now? Uh, because it's awkward. Um, it's not culturally something we do. Pulled aside later, says, oh, Troy, when in Africa, when someone's talking to you, when they lock your hand, it's a commitment to say, I'm connected, and I'm going to share something with you. I'm not going to be distracted. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that's beautiful. And I and think what that's what you're saying is, is important. really important. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to listen intently. Yeah. I'm going to hold your hand right okay, now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm distracted. You're done listening to me. <laughs> Okay. So too busy can be another one, working too much. Let me give you another one is silence. And this is where uh, I'm I'm probably more verbal with that. I I have to get it out, and there's a whole other reason for that. But it's when you're not talking about in real time what's going on in you, and you begin to operate, uh, whether by punishing them or punishing yourself by staying silent. Friends, again, that's another way you're going to blow up your relationship. Mm-hmm. You've got to begin. And, and, I, and I know I'm joking here about fight. You know, some of you freak out about the word fight. Listen, it's not, we're not talking about abusive fighting. We're talking about, I struggle with this today. And I didn't like it. I think it's being honest about that. And so when I say everybody fights, if you're not having that kind of conversation somewhere in your marriage, uh, you're being silent. Mm-hmm. Because the truth is, we're both broken. We are not Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so because of our sin, that gets in the way of our relationship, and we need to talk it out. Mm-hmm. It could even just be how your feelings were hurt. Right. And that hurt me when you yeah. said that. Yeah. And those are the things that be courageous enough to, to enter into those conversations. Um, a lot of times we're silent, maybe out of fear of the yeah. spouse's reaction, or you just want to keep the peace. Like, you are just a peacemaker. You think, I'm just going to keep the peace. Let's coast, you know, and not connect that way. And that's just actually not healthy for you. So we got to be honest and not be silent. The last one is, so we move into these next ones, but to stew. And that's where you don't forgive. You hold on to bitterness. And friends, probably, um, maybe just as much as the first one, putting sexual energy into something else or someone else, stewing and not forgiving. Mm -hmm. Uh, You live with a broken spouse. Mm -hmm. Your spouse is broken. And you're probably hurting yourself more oh, than you yes, are yes, them. Yeah. And you are holding on to bitterness will kill you physically mm-hmm. and it will kill your marriage. Mm-hmm. So those are things that push us uh, apart. Trish, let's talk about the two things uh, that pull us together, which are time together and talk together. So why don't you okay. unpack those? So time together. Um, so this is the fun part. This is the... Yeah. These are the things we really Ooh. love about marriage. Yes. Well, of course... One of them. Okay. I'm but, liking this. We didn't do that the first okay, service. No, we didn't. Wow. But I thought, you know, if we don't mention this, we're going this, to Aruba on I Tuesday. Think... <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I don't want you guys to walk away and go, "Wow, they, that must nothing happens with them." I don't, I don't get it. No, that does. So, okay, we're just gonna. I know there's kids in the room, so I'm just like, you know what I'm talking and about. And you, okay. sh- t- you, she said to me, "We're not talking anything <laughs> about sex." Okay. I did, but then I felt bad. Okay. Anyway. Okay. okay so. And I didn't even turn red, so that's good. 
It's big good. thing. Okay. Um, time together would be playing together. Um, find something you enjoy doing together. Um, that could be a hobby. That could be exercise. Some of you guys like to be outdoors. Um, find something that you enjoy doing together. Games. Um, games, yes. We play games together. I'm not competitive, and yes. And so games don't sometimes go very well. I'm expressing my gift that God's yes. given me. So he wants to win always. Yes. So game night is it not always It helps our family fun. understand the world yes. better. Yes. Yes, that. Um, date night is another one. Um, a lot of times we think once we're married, we don't have to pursue this, the, uh, your spouse anymore. And date night is so important. Not only to have that time um, to get away, but it's, it's pursuing each other. It's saying, you're important to me. Um, guys and women, I should say, but having that ask, even though you're married, like, hey, would you go out with me on Friday night? That's huge. That's a really awesome thing to do. And Just planning. telling you from, yeah. And planning, yes. Not saying, hey, what are we doing tonight at yeah. 6 o'clock on Friday night? Yeah, that never worked in courting or dating no. somebody, right? Right. Uh, you want to go out? What do you want to do? Yes. That we work. love when they plan. Yeah. So, um, but another one is to, uh, especially for you guys with young kids, and I know we have a lot of young families in here, um, to take that time. It's so worth the money to pay for that babysitter, even if it's for an hour, to get out of the house, to take your wife somewhere. Um, and then vacation. Is another one too. Just planning vacation. Did you want me to say that other thing you said? You know, date night. I think this is where I said that. Um, guys, doing the dishes and bathing the kids when you have little kids is totally hot. Just want you to know. Okay. So you don't have to do a lot. You don't even have to buy a card. All you have to do is, hey, hon, I'll do the dishes for you. And by the way, I'll put the kids in the bathtub. It's like, yes, I like you. This is why I do the dishes as much as possible, <laughs> morning, noon, and night. Yes. So just a little hint, in case you're wondering, that's very cool. Okay. You know, What's another one is time together is yeah. projects. And yep. we kind of dialogue a little bit if this is an interesting one. I, I can't anchor this somewhere necessarily specifically, but there's an overarching theme I find in marriages um, that have faith in them, um, that are God is the center, is that we all desire impact and doing things that are getting things done. I don't mean just getting house stuff done. We tend to really connect, and even though it might be like, what are you going to do, I'm going to do, is on projects. It could be something we're going to do to our home. It, it could be, though, largely what we've done is ministry together. And if I could encourage you, a great place to start as a couple is start doing ministry together. Mm -hmm. Whether it's leading a group, whether it's serving, doing something, you guys, there's something very beautiful about that, about how God's wired you. Mm -hmm. And there's, I think you're a better team um, in ministry and getting those things done when you, you're a better expression and reflection of God. That's a better way to say it. Mm -hmm. Even cleaning together at whoa, times. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Makes you hot. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay, so um, another time together would be praying. Um, and this is hard for me, for me to put on there. 
just because I like to be genuine. And so I want you to know, praying together for us, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just we're so stinking prideful, but it's hard for us um, to make that time. And, you know, if you don't pray together as a couple, and this is something that is just, my, you know, just like you'd think I, we could never do that, maybe just start at a meal and begin to just thank God together for the food that he put on the table for you. Um, sometimes just praying at night together. Troy says, don't lay down and close your eyes and pray because one of you will fall asleep. And that is sure to start That's a, an explosion. That is an explosion. We've never done that. No, we have actually. Trisha, wake up. Uh, no. It's you. You fall asleep. And he says it's because I talk too much. So then you can see how this fight goes. Okay. So anyway. Not talk um, too much. It's together. just that's a long prayer. <laughs> We have Who a lot of kids and friends an and family. Prayer. That's a hard prayer to, to stay awake for. Okay, so mornings might be better for you. Um, okay, so another area is just talking together. So not only time together, but talking yeah. together. And, you know, some of the things that we talk about, not only um, just about each other, but just talking about what we're learning about God um, in our faiths, something we're reading, a passage we might have read, um, it's so easy to keep that to yourself. And I think there's times when maybe even God put it on your heart for your spouse and that they, you don't even realize how that's going to impact them. And mm. so sharing that stuff. Another one's your feelings. And so I'm going to share this and just from the guy's perspective. But we had a, a counselor friend of ours in California, Roger Tarabasi, who, who told us you should practice the three A's. Three A's are as much as possible. Ask your spouse. Ask, which is for the A. Um, have I hurt or offended you at all today? Any irritation that happened today? And it's the chance to clear the filing cabinet. Because we know it's probably not felonies in your home, but it's a lot of misdemeanors, right? You know, you did this, you did this. And it's a chance to dialogue. And so you, let your, you ask your spouse that. Trisha would say, yes, I was really, I, I was frustrated because you said you were going to do this and you didn't. It's my chance to hear that and go, what I'm hearing you say is, and I tell it back to her. And I don't get out of that until she says, yes, you have it right. What is that? It's learning to empathize or understand the feeling. I'm not saying that she was right. But what I am <laughs> saying is I understand. At that point, you could apologize if needed. But really then it's to turn it and say, now this is an interesting shift. I want to affirm her. Here's what I see right about going about what, what you did today. Here's what I love to see. And friends, this is, we're mixing kind of these last two, but it's so important. Our world is tearing us apart and trying to tell us wherever we do wrong. And what a great thing to start telling your spouse what, what you see great about them. Especially on a daily basis. Yes. I mean, if this is, this was something that when they gave us these three A's, um, it was, his suggestion was at night before you go to bed, this is what you do every night. Yeah. And so to, to ask how I've hurt you is one thing, but then to always find something good about your spouse every day could be something yeah. really simple. Sometimes that was challenging for both of us. <laughs> you couldn't well, find anything good. Well, especially after you did the ask and you went right. back and forth and right. was like, <laughs> what I like about you is <laughs> you're honest, you know? <laughs> So then the third day, so it's ask, it's affirm, and then the third was affection. So can you imagine that? You've heard it. You said you're honest, and 
can I hold your hand, you know, yeah. and, or kiss you or hug you? But it's amazing yeah. because you can't fake that stuff. And you start exercising that, it is a forceful kind of, not forceful, but it's this exercise well, of draws you pulling them. us back in. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's, it's recognizing this mess. Yeah. I'm, I'm just broken. So, yeah. you know, I, again, we said pull together is two things, time and talk. I mean, honestly, that, uh, if, if we had to point to something that has shaped the relational kind of sphere of our marriage, it's time and talk. If you pull that back up, um, just quickly, if you pull that circle back up, the completed one, um, you know, the, the expression of our intimacy is what Eros is, but the effort and energy is around those first two layers for us. And we just keep, it was funny trying to make the list of what are the things that we think are the things to invest in a marriage. It's really, it's, it's time together. Some of you guys work. One of the things we left California, one, one of the reasons we left there, um, there's such a pursuit of having so much and so many people are working, like it's, it's very common for, for both spouses to have full-time jobs and you're just missing each other. Friends, money, bigger house, bigger savings account, cabin, are not worth your marriage that way. I would rather you, yes, you could clap for that. You need to change your lifestyle. And I know it's, well, we're gonna work for 20 years and have this next egg. Can I tell you, most people that do that never get to enjoy the egg. And you need to recognize you have a real-time reality in relationship right now. And you need to embrace that. And I think you need to make decisions not based on money, but based on relationship. And so that may mean not take the, the promotion that keeps you away from your spouse and your kids. So, Can I say something to you, you may. about Yes, okay. you may. Um, when we talked in our teaching team time, we talked about how um, the eros, is that how you said that? Eros? Eros. Ero, eros. No, I'm just joking. That was okay. Spanish, but go ahead. <laughs> Which I don't speak any of, and so he likes to make fun of me. Um, we talked about how when you um, are intimate, sharing intimate things, sharing who you really are, the good, the bad, within the context of marriage, because you know that person has committed to you the good and the bad. So I share some of my ugly, yucky side that I feel ashamed of. And I know that Troy is gonna take that and take that in and accept that because he's agreed, he's my spouse for life. And so you can see how when you put the time and energy into that kind of intimacy, yeah. um, the, the intimate part, the, the, the physical part, physical part is more beautiful. Yeah. And there is that dance, you guys. And so if you're struggling in that area in your marriage, can I encourage you that that's probably where you need to start is just getting back to sharing some of that stuff yeah. about your own life. And then it, it will, I think that part is what And like, more fulfilling, I would say, mm -hmm. more than the physical part. And, you know, as we get older, that changes, obviously. And, but, boy, that first two layers of love and intimacy don't. And that just mm -hmm. gets deeper. And when you read about these couples that have been married mm -hmm. for, for, you know, 50 years, right. there's a beautiful sense of intimacy. And so, yeah. 
So how do you guys take steps this morning? And as we see this picture, you really have two steps. There's, there's one of a reaffirmation of your life with God is really important. In a minute, we're going to go to baptism as response. And a lot of you men, 176 of you men, made a commitment to be in relationship with, with other men to begin to grow uh, in depth in your, in, your, in your faith. But none of those men and not your spouse can answer the question that only God can fill. And so baptism becomes this great expression of what God's doing in you. You don't do baptism for God. Uh, you enter into a covenant that's already established and saying, I'm asking you to enter into it to proclaim of what's going on inside of you. And so some of you, couples, even though you are baptized as children, what a great expression to come up together. You don't both have to get baptized, but if one of you feel like, gosh, I, I want to do this together, what a great expression of this um, as a couple. That could be one step. Uh, but Trish and I want to call you to a step that we think kind of for this week, can I finish these last three weeks? If um, you guys could go to that, that email slide. There, there's couples in here, though, that you know you have to begin to pull together. You gotta start to do something and, and you need to make an investment in your marriage. There's two ways you could do that. One, we have had the bookstore bring 300 of Tim and Kathy Keller's book, The Meaning of Marriage. Maybe for you, the commitment is as a couple to, to buy the book and go through it together. Again, it's, it's not the only book. We just really think it's a great start. It's a great place to begin to re-nurture some of the things in your marriage. And you can stand yeah. with me. I don't know oh, if you wanted okay, to come okay. up here, so you missed that cue, but that's all right. <laughs> okay. We didn't say stand together yet. Um, so that's, that's one. The second one is uh, our family life team, Pete and Sherry App, have eight couples that are ready to launch an eight-week small group with as many people that want to be in those groups. So eight groups. Eight different groups. Yes, eight yeah. different groups. And so just to sign up for one because some of you actually need to start getting around some other couples and start dialoguing. There'll be largely book studies. Uh, you're not committed to life to those groups. They're eight weeks and you can be done. But I think it's a great next step. Can I say something too about yes. that? If, if a group seems too big for you, even finding another couple in our church, there's so many great couples in our church. And if you're just looking for a couple that might wanna go to dinner with you and just talk about and get to know each other and talk about your marriage, um, you can also email Pete at that too yeah. as well because I know he's got couples that would do that. But even eight is, you know, is going to be 50 to yeah. 80 people that yes. we can put in those groups. Yeah. So what we want to do for a response is this. Some of you know your marriage needs to take another step, whether it's get the book or get into a group. I'm going to ask you to stand. We want to pray for you, and we want, it's more of a corporate commitment, and you're going to say together, we're going to make a commitment to invest in our marriage. So those of you who are going to take a step in your marriage this morning, would you stand? Yeah, it's important, and your marriage is worth it. Uh, and I would say uh, there are some singles here that maybe your step can be learning more about marriage before you step into it, and would you stand? Some of those singles that want to kind of just make a commitment, it could be buying that book, uh, maybe you're dating or you're engaged, uh, it's a great first step for you guys. And so let me encourage you, the books will be out there, this email is on there, and also on our kind of rotator, there is a, uh, uh, you can click and it'll take you right to signing up for these, all right? I'm going to pray for us.
uh, and then we'll transition, but stay standing, would you? Father in heaven, I pray for those standing. The courage, whether they're in a marriage that is feeling some of the, the challenges or God just wanting to invest more, that you'd give them boldness, courage, and discipline to invest. Father, for those singles or those couples dating and courting, God, would you uh, give them discipline for the area of purity and the area of just really growing together uh, in that relationship and that covenant that you've asked them to enter into. Father, we pray uh, that our marriages get deeper uh, and begin to impact those around us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. Hey, let's thank uh, Trisha for surviving three weeks with me. So our response often is to communion, and, but uh, we do every so many weeks baptism. Why? Once again, it's a covenant that was done for us. We enter into it. And some of you have been baptized as infants. We don't discount that. We say this may be a great expression of the inward reality of what God's doing for you. The scripture says that you just need not only know him, have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and for you to make that public proclamation of your faith. And so I know we have, I think, one or two signed up, but we do spontaneous baptisms too. And so some of you feel moved. If it's a spouse, man, the other one could come up too and stand there. What a great moment to ink that. Some of you men, 176 of you, what a great step of leadership uh, in your home to begin to call out that sacrifice that you've given your life to Christ. So. We do that here with celebratory kind of attitudes, so you could take pictures if you like. Will you stand and let's worship together and then celebrate those who are going to take this step this morning. <laughs>